Yeah. And that's like really anything. You're not going to watch or listen or learn anything from something that you're not actually interested in. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier on, it needs to be pleasurable. Yeah. No matter no matter fiction, not fiction, you yeah. need to be enjoying it. You need to it. enjoy it. If yeah. you're not enjoying it, you're not going to read it. You can't force yourself to do something you don't want to do. Yeah. That's what school made us do, and we're not we're not teenagers anymore in school. Yeah. So, breaking it up into smaller, more achievable, digestible goals was something that I found worked for me. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, Bob. Uh, from- Did you know Bill Gates for decades held a think week where he consumes 112 books in a week? You're listening to the Marketing Mentors podcast with the legendary Linda and, of course, me, Tasha, brought to you by Red Pandas Digital. And I am so stoked to be joined with you again, Linda, this year in 2023. It's been an incredible start to the year. I know um, it's been everyone just running around, getting things sorted and getting to a flow of the new space, which has been really, really exciting. Exciting, excuse me. And um, yeah, really excited to talk about what we're talking about today. Me too. I'm so stoked to be back. It feels like we were off podcasting for a long time. Yes. Feels like our last one was a long time ago. Yeah. Mind you, the last one was with Elena. So that's probably why for me it feels like so long ago. Yeah, but still has, you know, lots of changes in in, in the new year and all that type of stuff. But with that said, uh, you know, one thing that in this new year I've been trying my hardest to keep myself accountable to is, and along the lines of what you were saying before, is reading and being more active in what I want to do with my reading and some goals around reading. And if you didn't pick up on the name of this episode, leaders are readers. And so both Linda and I are are leaders here at Red Pandas Digital. And one thing that our leader, Moby, has been, you know, really leading by example in the last at least six, you know, six to 12 months is this active, proactive reading. What are we reading? What are we learning? What are we sharing? And that, um, that growth mindset around Let's be using that part of our brain that we, let's be honest, we probably don't use mm. that much since like high school. And that's probably because high school yeah. absolutely butchered <laughs> us into reading books that we like didn't want to read. True. Whereas now as adults, we're, you know, finding this new love and new passion for reading. Yeah. And reading things that we actually want to read. So with that said, Linda, I'm really keen for us to talk about the impact of reading on us as leaders within the organization. Like I said before, Moby's really created this culture of reading within the business and, you know, we've started a book club, which is a really, you know, it's a low-key social t- space for us just to talk about um, the books we're reading and takeaways. Now, it's not the traditional, like, go to the library, everyone sit in a circle, <laughs> did you read chapter one? No, it's definitely not that. It's this informal conversation around, hey, what are you reading? What are some takeaways? How are you applying that in your professional and, you know, uh, personal space. So really today I feel like we're going to make this a bit of an informal book club yeah, around, you know, yeah. what we've read in the last couple of uh, months or weeks at least and how it's impacting us as leaders here at Red Pandas. And with the book club as well, you know, the way it's been set up has really on purpose been set up in a way where we are trying to make it super informal so yeah. that people don't feel pressured that they need to read and it becomes a chore and they have to show up and, and add value you can in fact show up to the book club not having done your reading as you maybe had planned to but can still sit there and listen to what other people are reading and are teaching yes. to the group. And You're that's still a really important. Yeah, and that's still really important as well because it helps create that culture yep. where we all are learning either directly or indirectly, whether it's from directly reading or yep. indirectly through our colleagues. And I think that's the really cool part about it. For us, it's just a Slack channel yep. which we created called Book club. Book club. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember book club back in the day at school though? 
No, and you'd get those, never a part get, of it, I'm not going to lie. Oh, you, you didn't get, no, it was a read book You got the, the little catalogue and it had all the books on it and you got to circle the book you wanted and you had to pay and it would, yeah, you guys are with nah. me. Oh, man, oh. I used to love it was scholastic and stuff. Okay, I feel like I kind of remember. Yeah, this is what I mean. The education system here shoves books down our throats at such a young <laughs> age for so long. Yeah. And then in high school as well, like how many books did you have to read in like English or English Advance? Man and Spark Notes because no, you couldn't I came read first the whole in thing. general English, just saying. Oh, that and the top 200 tennis player. Well, oh, then go please. on. That doesn't need to be on record. <laughs> yeah, no, it's on the record now. <laughs> anyway. Okay, back to reading. Mm. So I think what we're trying to get away, get you know, get across is that reading is hugely, not only for our own, um, hugely beneficial, not only for our own like mental growth and, yeah. you know, cognition, yeah. but also just the impact of how it affects us every day in the way we talk and handle ourselves and speak with our team. And if we have a book club or whatever you want to call it, like a session where you talk about things that you've read, yeah, uh, I feel like is just helping really reinforce the stuff that you are picking up in this book. And so naturally here we are talking about books that are more around, you know, like self-help, if you will, or professional development, yeah, professional development, things that yeah. are to do with the industry in which you're working in. Of course, yeah. there's the other side of book reading as well, like what you yeah. enjoy typically, T, yeah. right? So I've always been a big fan of fiction books. Mm. They're the ones that really kind of make your imagination do the work. Yeah. And I love them. And I feel like I can, you can get lost in a book. It's a real intimate experience for you and your mind. Like no one else can tell you how something's meant to look. It was a big transition, still is, for me to really push myself to read non-fiction books. Right. Um, you know, I bought myself like three books last year. I read one, which yeah, I'm not okay. super proud to say, but yeah. I got through one, which is better than the none the previous year. And this year, it's f- mid-February and I've already read one goatee professional development <laughs> book, which I'm very proud of myself. Uh, and that one was Nonviolent Communication. Yeah. One of the ones I bought last year that I didn't get around to reading. So I read that this year, absolutely loved it. And I saw so many takeaways and mm-hmm. learnings that I have already applied into my professional life and personal. Yeah. And I can't recommend it more to literally anyone and everyone. If you use words to talk, which <laughs> people do, everyone does, yeah. I recommend it. I think everyone should learn something about nonviolent communication. And it's funny because nonviolent sounds like, oh, it's for people that are aggressive or mm. don't know how to have gentle conversations but it's so much more than that Mm -hmm. it's learning how to be um you know lead with empathy so really understanding where someone's coming from before you make any assumptions Mm -hmm. as to why they might be reacting a certain way or saying certain things questioning yourself just to say you know why did i choose those words yeah to express what i'm feeling or what i'm trying to say what responses am i hoping to get out of someone when i share the information that I'm sharing, yeah. how do I want them to react? It's a lot of like inner critical reflection mm. around the words that you're saying. Did you used to do that prior? No, God, no. Yeah, okay. I would just hear things and, you know, blow up or hear things and take them offensively. Yeah. Because, and let's be real, sometimes people say things and they mean to be offensive. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people say things and they don't mean to be offensive. Yeah. And it's our egos, it's the way we respond and we receive things that, um, you know, these words mm. that can trigger these things within us. Yeah. So what I really, really liked about it was particularly, uh, I think one of the first examples I, I remember writing down was observe, don't assume. Mm-hmm. Perfect example is um, you've got a soccer player. I could sit here and say, oh, that soccer player is shit. That's a huge, huge assumption Yeah, that he's a shit soccer player. What would be better, what was more articulate is, 
that soccer player has been in the team for five years and he's only ever scored one goal. Right. Okay. More factual. It's more factual. Less it's objective. Less, it's less exactly objective. It's more. Uh, it's less assumptive. Yep. And it is just an observation. Mm-hmm. And I'm letting someone else come to the conclusion they want to come to, but I'm using the the words in a way that are being observa- observational mm-hmm. and not assumptional. Right. Which is really yeah, it's really interesting. And like, there's other ways you can apply it. That's the one that stuck out the most for me. And it's um, this. There's a big emotion in the book around what needs of a person aren't being met mm-hmm. as to why they sometimes react in certain ways. What do you mean by that? So, for example, you know, my husband comes home in an afternoon and he goes straight to sit down in the lounge and watch the TV. Mm-hmm. And then I get upset with him for doing that. And I'm thinking, oh, well, I've got, you know, washing to be done and food to be cooked and all these things going on. And it's like, why am I getting – I'm getting upset because there's a need within me mm-hmm. that hasn't been met yep. and he's just sat down. So as opposed to, you know, blowing up and just assuming yep. that he doesn't know about all these things because let's be real, sometimes men don't really <laughs> realise all this stuff until they're told. <laughs> but Jab. Yeah, 100%. Yep. But it's just the, it's the no. way of communicating that to him and saying, yep. look, I've got, I've got a need as well when you come home. I, I need support with yep. doing these things. And I need you to understand that and help me with them or not not so much as help but just be yeah, present and contribute. And, and contribute. That's yeah. it. So it's just it's when when you feel angry, when you feel triggered by something, mm-hmm. what need of yours yeah. is not being met? I love that. And it resonates with something that I have tried to live by for a very long time and that's when I'm experiencing like anger like an emotion like anger or frustration something that's not so nice and maybe it's to do with a partner maybe it's to do with um family a colleague whatever it is typically years ago and I would like to think I'm quite like good at this now but years ago I would say you you um yeah and and I'd not yeah I'd not reflect on my own emotions but I would put it on them and rather than say you did this why X, Y, and Z. Yep. Instead now I say I feel X, Y, and Z. That's literally what the book talks about. There's yeah. like a whole past. I think there's a whole few chapters yeah. about that. And it's removing the uh, responsibility of your feelings from someone else. So a, mm-hmm. a typical one, I see it all the time in parenting. And now I have a two-year-old that's learning a lot about emotions. Yeah. Um, she does something that maybe, you know, I don't like. Or I don't want her to throw her dummy on the ground, let's say. Oh, baby, that uh, you make mummy sad when you throw your dummy on the ground. That's like the perfect example of trying of teaching a child that her actions yeah. make are responsible for my feelings. Yeah. And I know we're getting deep here, but like this is what I no, mean I by this. words and communication. Yeah. You know, we don't have to tell our children that what they're doing is making me sad. Oh, another one. When your kids don't get the grades that you want them to get. Yeah. This happened to us as kids for sure. Yeah. Your parents say oh, you're making me very disappointed. You're making me very sad that you're not achieving higher results. It's like, mm-hmm. whoa. And then yeah. you get this huge conflict because you're yeah. like, I'm like, I'm not making my parents happy. It's yeah. not your responsibility to make your parents yeah. happy. Yeah. It's not your responsibility to make your team happy either. That actually resonates with a book that I read recently, The Courage mm. to be Disliked. Yeah, beautiful. And that just really talks about learning to be okay with the fact that you have to be selfish 
in order to be happy yep. and to be driven by things in life in a positive way. Yep. And it, it actually referenced the same example where it says that that's very same thing where, you know, your parents are unhappy with the career path that you've chosen. Yep. And so you almost are changing career paths for them as opposed to yourself. And yeah. that might make them happy, but fundamentally you're yeah. never going to feel happy. You're never going to feel fulfilled because you are meeting someone else's emotions rather yeah, than what your own. needs what yeah. needs are being met exactly not your own so yeah. it's all yeah. yeah that so my key takeaways of nonviolent communication was definitely you know um your the words are given as gifts mm. not attacks so when you receive words as gifts i like that yeah doesn't matter what someone says to you it's a gift and it's a gift for you to do what you want with it unpack it normally when someone's angry at you it's <laughs> really more they're angry at themselves for something let's be real Mm -hmm. And they're hurting for something. There's a need that they've got that's not being met. So this book takes you through multiple levels of nonviolent communication. So being able to just identify it, being able to use it, being able to use it and identifying it and then getting to a point where you don't, you, you're just constantly thinking about someone else's words and you're just reacting the way that needs to be reacted to keep the situation yeah. calm and, you know, manageable. Yeah. He actually says in the book um, anger is not is not an option. Like angry shouldn't even be a thing that happens he's never angry yep. obviously you know he's got four two or three kids i think he talks about and mm -hmm. i can reference this book um in our show notes obviously he's going to get angry at random stuff no, but it's this it's this it's, idea of when you're this angry idea that anger is just a tool yeah. to be able to try and communicate what you want exactly and it's not and it's that's it's not though you shouldn't be using anger as the tool because Ever. it's unhealthy exactly no yeah, I, yeah spot on so that's something that i really enjoy doing the yeah. last you know See, six I weeks i love <laughs> books like that that's that's for me. That's I don't on Linda's usually list. next reading. Oh, you think I need it? <laughs> no, <laughs> <I'm not joking>. <laughs> <laughs> you just enjoy it. You enjoy that no, stuff. No, I love so this. I, think you'd like I can't it. do fiction personally. I feel like I have to read something where it's psychologically based. Like mm. it's about humans, so that way I can read it and mm. actually go away and use it in all my interpersonal relationships. Well, that's the thing. I think fiction that's versus nonfiction are two different. There's two different, very are. different objectives. Yeah. When you pick up a nonfiction book. That's what you're hoping for, some key tangible yeah. takeaways, you know, shifts in your life, your professional life, something that's going to help you grow, right? Whereas when I go and read a fiction book, I'm not after growth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm after my mind to be entertained. Oh, see, I find you know that hard. I mean? Personally, I'm like, oh, Netflix. If I'm going yeah, <laughs> to no, go you? and imagine, oh, yeah, my no, God, I, I, I can't get into it as much you as You can't imagine with Netflix though, Linda. They're just showing it Why to not? you. They're feeding it to you. Do you know Still. what I mean? Have you? Oh, we're not going to get into the type of fiction books that I like to read, but trust okay. me, they let you use your imagination. Fifty Shades, please, PG. <laughs> anyway, um, so what about yourself, Linda? I've just finished reading Nonviolent Communication. Yeah. What are you reading, or what have you just read that you want to share with us? Um, a lot of my books lately have unintentionally been uh, been around um, stoicism. Okay. So I just finished The Courage to be Disliked, mm -hmm. which I mentioned, nice. and then I've started Courage is Calling, yep. which is very, very similar. Okay. It's based on the fact that we we have unlimited and endless opportunities to be courageous every single day, mm -hmm. but yet it's just still something that is so rare within people and something that we rarely see within people because we're afraid. Yeah. And really what leads that is fear, right? It's fear-driven. And, you know, I guess it's it's easier in theory to, or in practice really, to, to not go against the status quo mm -hmm. and not be um, voicing an opinion that might be very different to everybody else's 
And we often, as humans, choose the easier path. And it really just challenges that. Challenges that. And it's really interesting because it looks at it throughout history mm-hmm. where we see when people have really been courageous and real growth and amazing things for the universe has happened. And although it's, you know, it gives examples on a larger scale like that, for me, I more look at it as in daily things that I can yeah. do. And it's helping me kind of just question decisions that I make, you know, holding back on a particular opinion when I really should be voicing it because it is the better for the betterment of people, 100%. for example. Um, and so I, I love things like that, like books that I can read that help me with my interpersonal relationships, help me in a work setting with my friends, with my family, like anything that's psychologically yeah. kind of um, backed. I, I love those t- type of books. And yeah. I love talking to you about them because then I don't have to read them. <laughs> Linda just tells me how to be nicer and have more courage. No, to be real, in the last few years we've worked with each other, I think a lot of that um, has definitely come out in in just, you know, the the men- the what do we have here, the colleague-to-colleague relationship yeah. mentoring advice yeah. that we give each other. Yeah. Is obviously you've picked up on these things in your in your, your years of reading and you've and shared them with me. I've always struggled to kind of get into that professional development reading space. I, yeah. I prefer my courses and whatnot. Yeah. But I, like I said, this year I've kind of given myself a, a bit of a goal. I'd love to do a book a month. I definitely managed that in January. Yeah. I'm not quite on track for Feb. I'm yeah. currently reading Ego's the Enemy. Yeah. And uh, so far, so good. I we're, haven't. We're uh, reading the same uh, uh, author. author. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then next, um, Elena was reading, uh, is reading The Happiness Trap, I believe. Okay. Which sounds really interesting as well. So there's just so many books yeah. that I want to read. Um, and I'm very conscious of not trying to read too quickly. Personally, I, I can't. It's very hard to find the time, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to read too quickly because I don't feel like I'm absorbing things. Right. Um, but with that said, we do have a couple of takeaways mm-hmm. for anyone that feels the same way. They want to start reading, but maybe they're struggling to find the time or they're making up some excuses. Or, And when I say making up excuses, it's not a judgment. We all do it. I do it. I literally just said I'm tr- trying to find the time. Like that is, yeah. that's an excuse and it is what it is, but it's all good. How can we get through that? One thing that I found worked for me in January with mm-hmm. nonviolent communication was yeah. I divided the book up into um, – the days of the month so there was 30 days in the month and I divided it up into how many days I had to get how many book page how many pages of the book I had to get through a day to make sure I met my quota of the whole book in the month yeah I finished the book in the first week of February because I didn't meet my daily quota every day and like that's you know it happens yeah but I still finished it within a week of telling myself I wanted to finish it yeah and I literally like sat there for 10 minutes and worked through like 10 pages sticky note 10 pages sticky note <laughs> and I wrote things like you have to read to here you're up to here keep going like just I love that little random notes to myself and yep. it worked it did work it broke it down into just much more achievable goals um so do you like that method like do you yeah. think long term that will work for you for so far it's working mm. um but you know I, we'll see we'll see yeah. it, I think it does depend on the book itself mm-hmm. like what am I learning what am I taking away how applicable is it to me in my life yeah. And that's like really anything. You're not going to watch or listen or learn anything from something that you're not actually interested in. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier on, it needs to be pleasurable. Yeah. No matter no matter fiction, not fiction, you yeah. need to be enjoying it. You need to it. enjoy it. If yeah. you're not enjoying it, you're not going to read it. You can't force yourself to do something you don't want to do. Yeah. That's what school made us do. And we're not we're not teenagers anymore in school. Yeah. So breaking it up into smaller, more achievable, digestible goals was something that I've found work for me. Yeah. 
Uh, I know uh, Bob uh, from uh, from Impact. Yep. He does set time every day. So he sets, I think it's mm-hmm. like an hour. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I wish yeah. I had a, I'm sure I could find an hour, but he sets <laughs> an hour a day aside wow. to read. And so he he's constantly reading and he's making sure he's keeping his mind sharp. And I actually remember when he was here, anything we mentioned about like local knowledge, yeah. he was really quick to like whip out his phone and like do some Google searching and reading up on it. Right. So he's built himself yeah. this culture. He's of, that muscle. Yeah. Like he's so trained on it that he's just constantly reading about things and building this encyclopedia of knowledge in his head. I'd be curious to know what time of the day he schedules that time aside because I think for he me, said it was in the morning from okay, memory. That makes a lot of sense yep. because um, I'm trying this new thing out. So for me, I struggle to keep up with reading when I'm working, particularly long hours. Yep. It just It's the first thing for me that I drop off the priority list, which you is super bad. You work long hours? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> At Red Pen? Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, so like, we just had our um, our holidays, right? We had yep. a break and I was reading consistently and built that yeah. habit and I was really happy with That's my efforts. That's why January was so good. <laughs> yeah. And then as soon as we went back to work, it's yeah. just really dropped off for me and I'm not keeping it consistent. But one thing that I'm trying to do is – and I can't even remember what book that I read this from, but I'm trying to now keep my mornings for input mm-hmm. and my evenings for output. Yep. And so schedule that that time in the morning for personal growth. So okay. keeping my mornings for things like working out, journaling, yep. um, reading, reading um, anything that helps me personally grow. Yeah. And then the evenings, the stuff for output and yeah. things like, you know, Netflix and that sort of stuff, keeping yeah. that towards the evening. So I'm trialing that right yep. now and just for now it's working, so okay. I'm happy. But you're right, I did have to create that additional time yeah. in the morning because I already had that routine, just reading wasn't in it. Yeah. And I found that when I didn't have a set time, well, I hadn't had a set time, you know, in January, mm-hmm. early Feb, it just was that thing that was getting dropped yeah. off. So I would say that is definitely a takeaway. Yep. You need to have that set time to read otherwise if you don't and you just have it as an ad hoc type activity that you doesn't fit in happen. it just yeah it doesn't get it doesn't prioritized you when know? you're busy when you're busy yeah um, and everyone's busy yeah everyone's always busy so i mean every yeah. you know that classic excuse of i just don't have enough time well you do have enough time you have the same amount of time as everybody else in the day yeah but the real issue there is that you're not prioritizing that task and other yeah. things are being prioritized over That's reading it. i'll always say people make time for the things they care about yeah and if you care about reading and you care and you really truly want to hit that one book a month like i'm trying to uh which is i'm i'm trying to yeah. uh then you will make that time you will You'll do what you need to in the day to make that time. Mm-hmm. Um, one last thing I'd, I'd love to share with everyone is obviously I'm reading Ego is the Enemy at the moment. Linda said she's reading Courage is Calling. Courage is Calling. And, you know, if you guys are interested in, you know, more books, what we'll do is, is we'll link to Red Panda's top 12 books we recommended to our clients last year. We'll link it yeah. to the show notes for this one because there's so much out there and we'd love to hear about what you guys are reading and what you're what you're thinking about it, how you're applying things. Like let's turn, you know, maybe we get a segment of the podcast in the new year about like a little mini book club, mm. what's been happening when we finish and start new books just so that we can, again, keep each other accountable to what we're reading yeah. and anyone that's listening along as well. I love it. Yeah, awesome. All right, Linda, welcome back. Thanks, and you. Uh, looking forward to the next one. See you guys.